we're right back at it. Episode seven of the Sided Podcast. Cameron Ezer back here with Jacob Polachek to discuss and debate your hottest debates on our website, Sided.co. That's again, S-I-D-E-D dot C-O or app Sided Debates. Go download it, make an account, post a debate, uh, you know, pick a side, join the conversation, do it all, and your topic could be discussed on this very podcast. Jacob, you ready to get back into it? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's start with the San Diego Padres, a team that it looked like they were on the up and up. And now it looks like the Padres that everyone expects where they start out just okay. And this has been apparent the past couple of years. And then they go on a hot stretch. And then all of a sudden the downswing comes. And while the Giants and Dodgers are having a plethora of success, the Padres are falling as of the last 10, 11, 12 games. Justin Kaplan posts this on Sided. The Padres are done and are not making the playoffs. Right now, the Padres are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. But that's a hefty claim, Jacob. Are you agreeing and saying that this Padres team will continue to go on this downhill trend? Or are you saying this team will make the playoffs? Well, I don't think they're done. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I will say I don't think this has, this team has a chance of winning a division. You have the Dodgers, who I think are the clear favorites to win the division, but then you also have the Giants, who are ahead of them. Those are two re- really quality teams. I think the Padres have no chance of winning the division, but I'll say they make the playoffs as the second wild card. This stretch has shown me one thing, Jacob, and I'll say that I agree with you. I think they're making the playoffs, but this stretch has shown me one thing and one thing only. This is not a World Series ready team. And I didn't think it was to start the season. I thought their pitching staff was a little slim with the injury to Denelson Lamette carrying over into this season. And then obviously Mike Clevenger going through Tommy John. But what I'm looking at with this team is, yeah, they, they can go on hot stretches. Yeah, this team can have their hot flashes. And all of a sudden, they're one of the best teams in baseball. But that's exactly what they are. They're a team that knows how to go on stretches and you know tie wins together. That's not going to win you a World Series. Talent and consistency will. The Padres have the talent. The consistency isn't there. Everyone on this pitching staff, or most on this pitching staff, has a sub-4 ERA. It's not like this pitching staff is not really taking this team far. And you, Darvish, is doing what he's doing. Right now, Ryan Weathers has the best ERA out of everyone on that pitching staff. That needs to change. But Blake Snell's finding his form. It seems like this pitching rotation is getting it done when they have to. But the batting is not there. And that's the issue with this Padres team. I think they make the playoffs. But what I'm seeing with, you know, the batting going cold in the Padres lineup is the Dodgers are just way too good. The Giants are playing better than them because those uh, uh, those lineups have consistency. I don't know if you agree with that. I think the pitching is doing what they're doing. But right now, the batting is not keeping up with it. I would agree. And I think. It's worth considering this is a young team. They're going to be contenders for a long time. And I think that this is a, this is a year for them to learn that uh, you, you, you can't just be a contender right away. You need, to, you need to get those experiences. You need to get those playoff experiences so that come playoff time, you have guys that are ready to go out and compete. And Jacob, remember when this team was almost, you know, fully together for the first year, if you want to even call it a year, it was a 60 game season. I think this is the season to learn that it's 162. It's 
It's a marathon, not a sprint. Now, moving over to the next topic, we're going to baseball or we're staying on baseball. And the reason I was going to transition it over, because this has nothing to do with the game of baseball. It more has to do with an individual player in baseball. And it's Trevor Bauer. And you know the controversy that he brings to the league. You know how outspoken Trevor Bauer is with his time with the Indians and, and the Reds and now with the Dodgers. And with everything that's going on with this, with this foreign substance, almost suspension that the league is finally putting on these players halfway through a major league season, Trevor Bauer is not happy about it. And he didn't just speak out with it. He put something on his YouTube channel where he held the ball on the, uh, on the you know downside of his hand, put it down and the ball just stuck to his hand and was really calling out the MLB and saying, is this allowed? Is this legal? Is this illegal? Almost making a mockery of the MLB. Now, two minutes on the clock, stir the pot, post this one on sided. What are your thoughts, Jacob? What is Trevor Bauer thinking by posting this video? He's not thinking. I think it's a terrible move. It's a dumb move. Whether or not you agree with the rules or not, to outright taunt the MLB and say, look, we're all breaking the rules. I'm breaking the rules. I've broken the rules before. It's dumb. You're going to get in trouble. And if you don't, then you're going to have half of the MLB fans out there saying, why are you not punishing this guy? And it's just going to start a downward slope of everybody calling out other players. And whether or not you agree with the rules, you can't do this kind of stuff because it's just going to create more and more problems for the MLB and for the players out there. I love it. I love that players are more outspoken. It's just like how I love that the game is adapting to this almost entertainment industry that sports are taking in and baseball is doing it. I love what Trevor Bauer is doing because I think it's simply ridiculous that a league can enforce a rule, something that Bauer's been talking about for the past three to four years. And a lot of pitchers have too, protecting the sanctity of the game and protecting the game as we know it of baseball. And the fact that the league is enforcing this rule and pretty much what Bauer was saying was, how can you make the umpire, the jury, the judge, and the executioner going out to the mound and he can determine whether your hand is too sticky for you know it to be allowed on a baseball mound and it to be allowed in the game. I think it's ridiculous. I listened to the entire Tyler Glass now talk his post-game presser. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out because he pretty much tore his UCL or had a like a partial tear of it. And he's blaming the fact that he can't use what he's you know used to using. And it's not a substance per se, it's rosin which baseball provides and sunscreen, which if you're gonna ban sunscreen, then you're gonna have a lot of red players on the field. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think the fact that Trevor Bauer is doing this is great because the league is doing something that they shouldn't be allowed to do. And that's throwing stuff on the players while they're trying to play the game. Deal with this during the offseason. What are you doing? I love what Trevor Bauer is doing. I think more players have to call out their respective leagues because at this point, the MLB can't make a right move. Now on to the next topic. We're going college basketball on our website, cited.co or our app cited debates go on there start a debate your topic could be talked about on this podcast cited college basketball posts which legendary college basketball coach would you be most excited to hear from as a recruit now jacob we've already talked about it a lot when you're a guest or you're a co-host on this podcast and it's the fact that you love your recruiting you love your high school basketball recruiting you get a call 
You don't recognize the number. You pick up the phone. It's one of these coaches, the options, John Calipari, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, Jim Beheim, Rick Pitino, or other. I mean, with two minutes on the clock, who are you most excited about to get that call from? It's got to be Bill Self. He, he runs the Big 12, and he's a national championship winner. He's a Hall of Famer. You got to go with Bill Self. And I'm, all, I'm looking at it more from the perspective of from these other coaches. You have John Calipari that you're hearing a bunch of NBA rumors. He could be going to the NBA. Izzo, Bayheim, Patino, they're, they're on their way out. They're, they're only getting older. And Self is still younger than, younger than those guys. And he has some time left in college basketball. So I'm going to go with Bill Self. I'd be happy to hear from him. Uh, on that first day of the contact period. Now, if I was going to go with other, which I'm not, but I want to throw out a few coaches, Patrick Ewing and Jawan Howard. If I got calls from uh, the Georgetown coach, as well as the, uh, as well as the Michigan coach, I think I'd be pretty excited as a player, knowing that a former player and these guys, you know, had their star studded careers, you know, is giving me a call to, to possibly play for their program. But I know you're a Kansas guy, so you go with Bill Self. I'm a Syracuse guy. Going with Jim Beheim, And you mentioned the, the retirement rumors. If you've been following Syracuse basketball, Jim Beheim is promising that if he has successful recruiting classes going forward, he wants to be at the helm. So I'm not worried about Jim Beheim retiring. And if I am, you got some great assistant coaches right next to him, which playing for Jerry McNamara and guys like that, I'd be pretty excited. And you get to play in one of the loudest houses in all of college basketball. So I'm going with Jim Beheim. Could you give me a second coach? I know you said Bill Self. I want to hear a second coach. I want to go honorable mention. He's not on this list, but I'm going to go Chris Beard over at Texas. What he did at Texas Tech to really rebuild that program, took him to a national championship. Uh, and now that he's at a powerhouse program like Texas, they're recruiting really well in the transfer portal. They, uh, they just landed Trey Mitchell from UMass yesterday. So I'm going to go with Chris Beard at Texas. And watch out for Devin Askew coming over from Kentucky. And that's another big reason Kentucky's been struggling. So the Calipari call might not be the one that you want. But I, I threw out a bunch of coaches. I think that any former players would be so cool. I, I mean, you know, a lot of the coaches are. But I think any former players would be such a cool phone call to get. And in, in my stern opinion, and in my case, any call from any of those coaches would be a dream come true. Now, moving on to topic number four. We're staying in basketball. And this is actually a post for me. I mentioned that if you post on Sided, you can get on this podcast. Well, I'm not just getting my topic on the podcast. I'm also on the podcast. So it kind of works hand in hand. And this is a topic that I've, Jacob, I've been waiting for you to get back on this, on this show to talk about this with you. Because <laughs> this was one of my favorite stories in the past week. And it's about the Sons and Four guy. If you haven't watched this video, please, for the love of God, go watch it. It is hilarious. It's a video of, it. May, okay, I, I want to just start it off by saying it's a bit egregious. It, it's a bit, you know, I, I'm not supporting it, but it's funny in the sense that if you watch the video and you understand it, it there it is, right? And that's why we're going to talk about it now. Two minutes on the clock. Jacob, first thoughts on the Suns and Four guy. Is it funny? Like I mentioned, is it awful and this guy should be banned? Or did the Nuggets fan who threw the first punch had it coming, uh, uh, had that, you know, that brutality his way coming? Well, what are you giving me? Yeah, I, I think it was funny. First off, he didn't instigate it. 
the the Nuggets fan instigated it, and he was just defending himself. And then Suns in four, his prediction came true. So I I thought it was funny, and I think that uh, he made the right call. Suns in four. I mean, it was game four between the Nuggets and the Suns. The Suns did close out. This was in Denver, and it was really surprising to see the support for the Suns and four guy around him because the Phoenix, you know, the Phoenix faithful traveled very well. This guy should be banned because of his actions, but the Nuggets fan 100% had it coming. I, I mean, are you kidding me? If you watch the video, this guy could have walked away, but he did a double take and then punched the Suns fan first, completely fluffed it, completely missed, and then he got rocked about six times with uppercuts. I, I mean, what are you expecting? Why throw the punch in the first place? I think that was his first mistake, second mistake, and third mistake all in one. This guy, for his actions, it's awful. I'm not supporting it. I think he got, I think the police came down, took him away. But it was, it was hilarious. And the Nuggets guy, he had it coming. Like, come on, dude. Don't, don't do that. Don't throw the first punch. What are you doing? I mean, I have, I am always at a loss for words with this. I, I just, I, are you at a loss for words too? I, I'm just, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it was something. It, yeah, loss for words. That's that's the best way to put it. Uh, and yeah, you, this is what happens. You bring fans back, and we've already seen a bunch of problems, but. It, it is it is good to see fans back in the stadium at the end of the day. It's also good to see that 59% of people on side agree with me and say that the Nuggets fan had it coming. And, and at the end of it, he got what he deserved by throwing the first punch. Now on to our fifth topic before the final debate of the day. We're going to Scott Kaplan, who posts all pro athletes should be vaccinated. Now I've provided context with a few other topics in the past, and this one definitely needs it because Chris Paul was just put in the COVID and health and protocol safety, whatever you want to call it, the, the list where he's out for a certain period of time because he's been contact traced or he's tested positive for coronavirus. Chris Paul has already been vaccinated. That's the first almost caveat to this because that's a scary thing. You get vaccinated, you still either test positive for COVID or get contact traced, which brings up the question, Jacob, with two minutes on the clock, do you think that all pro athletes should be vaccinated, which would, you know, decrease their ability to possibly get the virus and protect everyone around them? I do think that all pro athletes should be vaccinated, but I don't think that these pro with these leagues like the NBA should be requiring it of players. I think that it's a, it's a personal decision. It's an individual choice. Um, I'm vaccinated. I believe that people should go out and get vaccinated, but I also don't think that uh, the NBA should be requiring players or should have a real say on what players do in terms of being vaccinated or not. Yeah, you have to realize that this is a profession at the end of the day. Let's say I'm going out to my job and, you know, my boss comes up to me and says, you have to be vaccinated to, you know, be a part of this and do this and do this. I understand the sentiment and I'm vaccinated too. I feel like it's a good decision to go out there and, you know, keep everyone around you safe. Also by keeping you safe as well, or your, your own being safe. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's a personal decision. You're the one that is putting yourself at risk or putting others at risk. Or if you don't believe that the vaccine 
is a good thing in the long run, that's a decision that you have to make. Maybe that's protecting yourself. Maybe you have, you know, a, a side effect if you take the vaccine. I just think that requiring, I think all pro athletes should, but it goes back to the really touchy subject of what if you don't want to speak to the media? And I know I'm, I'm opening up a can, can of worms, but it's the exact same thing. It, yes, it's a part of the job description. Yes, you, you, know, you get paid to not just play the game, but also take part in the organization and the league that, that, that's put forward. But I, I think yes, but at the same time, to infringe on someone's own personal decision is a lot to take into account. And although I believe that all pro athletes should, because they could really be the front line to other people getting vaccinated and you want to keep everyone on that court safe or court field, whatever it may be safe, because a whole season can be canceled. Like we saw with Rudy Gobert. I think it's really tough to go against anyone's personal decision. So that's why I'm going to say, I think they should, but if someone doesn't want to, I don't think you should, you know, find them or ban them or tell them, oh, you can't play because at the end of the day, this is their, this is these guys' livelihoods and girls' livelihoods. Pro athletes are just like normal people. Everyone should get the right to a decision. Now, final debate of the day. Jacob, the last time we were on this podcast together, we talked about soccer. And I'm a bit butthurt because France, you picked France, I picked Germany to win the whole thing. And they just actually played their, each other's first match against each other. And Germany scored on the wrong goal and lost one nothing to France. <laughs> so you have the upper hand there on that final debate. And that's why I want to go to another sport that we're both not, you know, as well versed with. We're going to golf. And it's actually on my stomping grounds. I live very close to Torrey Pines and the U.S. Open. And this is why I think I might have the upper hand on this one. So we're going to Sided. And it's actually Sided that posted this, the actual, you know, creator of the account. Who's your pick to win the U.S. Open? There's a lot of names on your screen. You see them there. Jacob, who are you giving me to win at Torrey Pines this weekend? Give me Phil back to back 50 to one odds. Oh, come on. There you go. His home course. Come on. This should be easy. Easy. I, I love the pick. I think if Phil Mickelson wins, what a story. I'm all about storylines in golf. Like when Ricky Fowler hadn't won a major for the longest time, I don't know if he still hasn't won a major. I was just rooting for the fact that this guy would wear the most colorful outfits on the And I'm a big sports fan. Even in being a big sports fan, I love the storylines, but I'm going to disagree with you because I'm going to go more stat heavy on this. Uh, give me Brooks Kepka. It's 18 to one. So I'm, I'm making a good amount of money if I bet, and I'm not a betting man, especially with golf. But this is a guy that has played in 14 major championships since the 2017 Masters, and he's won four of them, finished second twice and placed in the top 10 in three or more of those major championships. So it's a guy with recent success. I really hope Kepka, you know, finds his footing. It's been a rough year for him in the golf scene. So I really hope he finds his footing, wins the U.S. Open. But if Phil Mickelson wins, I, I, you will not catch me complaining or crying in the corner because that would be one heck of a storyline. There it is, seven episodes down on the Sided Podcast. He's Jacob Polachek. I'm Cameron Zare. Keep the debates coming in. Sided.co, our app, Sided Debates. Your topic could be talked about on this podcast. And in all likelihood, it will. Now, you don't have to wait much longer to hear us again. We'll catch you next time.